we're going to get into the preaching of the word today. And I got to tell you, I am excited about this. You know, usually here at Kauai Bible Church, we preach in series, right? Like we have a topic or we have a book or we have a passage that we're breaking down over the course of several weeks. But every once in a while on the calendar, there falls a Sunday that just stands alone. It's not a part of a long series. And today just happens to be one of those Sundays that stands alone. And, and so I pray extra hard for these Sundays because I, I don't have the sermon pre-prepared. I don't know exactly what's coming. And, and God downloads something to me. And, and God has downloaded something to me that I am tremendously excited about. I believe that today is going to be one of those marker kind of days, one of those milestone kind of days where we're going to look back at this day and say that was a critical day in the history of the church and what God is doing through Kauai Bible Church. You're like, wow, you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. That's a, that's a big call before you even started preaching, but that's what I believe. And, and just to track this, in November when we were celebrating our 50th anniversary, I prophesied over the church that our new beginning, our next 50 years, is really going to be the same beginning. That we're going to go back to who we were in 1972 when this church was first founded. And we called it the Pioneer Spirit. And then in January, I preached a sermon on the Pioneer Spirit. I wasn't actually here. I was on a plane to Spain. But we pre-recorded it, and, and you guys got to watch it about the Pioneer Spirit. And we talked about the fact that now that this church is 50 years old, that we are on the wrong side of the church life cycle. That most churches, when they're 50 years old, tend to do a slow, steady to de decline until they disappear. And we declared in January that that was not the future of Kauai Bible Church. That's not what's going to become of us. That our next 50 years is going to be bigger than our first 50 years. And we preached that sermon. Uh, and now here we are a few months later. And, and this is now a continuation of that same thought. Because this is something that we need to continue to get into our spirit. Uh, because it's really easy to stay comfortable. It's really easy to stay in what we've already done. But we need this pioneer spirit. We need to stay step out in faith. And so with that being said, today I want to talk about dreaming big. I want to talk about dreaming about our future. I want to talk about dreaming about what is next for Kauai Bible Church. And so if you've got your notes, you can find your notes in your bulletin. Uh, they're also on the church app. They're attached to this video on our website. They're attached to this audio podcast. Here's our big picture point today when it comes to this idea of big we need big dreams to chart the course towards our future. It's a good thing we serve a big God, and it's impossible to dream too big for him. Come on, we need big dreams. We need to step out into the future. We need to break out of what is comfortable. We need to break out of the stag status quo. We need to shake up what is stagnant so that we can step into the big future that God has for us. And today is going to be a day of stirring up big dreams within you. Maybe big dreams that have died. And like Ezekiel in the valley of the dry bones, God says, I am going to put flesh on your dreams again. I'm going to bring them back to life. Mom, maybe some of us need to have the Caleb spirit that says, I'm never too old to fulfill the promises of God. Give me that mountain. I don't care if I'm 80. Some of us just need to dream maybe for the first time. Some of us maybe need to break the constraints of smallness that have been put upon our lives. But this is what we're going to go after today is dreaming big. 
And let's start with Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, Now to him, God, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Come on. God can do abundantly more than we could ever imagine. Anything we could think of, anything that we could ask, God is thinking bigger. So that's good news. That means that it's impossible to dream so big that we would offend God or scare God or chase him away. God is never amazed at our dreaming. Even though it might seem out of bounds for us, it's never out of bounds for God. You think the biggest thought you could possibly think, and you haven't even scratched the surface of what God is thinking of. Come on, we can dream big We serve a God that dreams about the generations, right? It's not just about us and now. It's about the generations and what's next and legacy and heritage and all of those things. A.W. Tozer, who is one of the great pastors and thinkers of the early 1900s, he said this, because God knows all things perfectly, he knows no thing better than any other thing, but all things equally well. Which means he never discovers anything, he is never surprised, and he is never amazed. So we cannot dream of anything that would surprise God. We cannot dream of anything that would amaze him, that would catch him off guard, that he was unprepared for. We cannot dream of anything so big that God doesn't have the resources and the power to fulfill it. We can dream big. Now would be a good time to shout hallelujah. I'm just saying. Help me out here, people. Come on. Let's dream big. And so you can see in your notes, I want to talk today about moving toward our future. Now, I'm going to apply this very specifically to Kauai Bible Church, but if you're visiting with us today from somewhere else, it's no accident that you're here, and God's going to take this word, and he's going to apply it to your life. And, and speak to you about what is the big future that you have. And where has God called you to do something great for his kingdom. So here we go. Moving toward our future. Number one, we must acknowledge the proper role our past plays in our future. We must acknowledge the proper role our past plays in our future. And to use a nautical illustration, I want to talk to you about the difference between our past being an anchor or a rudder. Is your past an anchor or a rudder? Think about it. What is an anchor intended to do? An anchor is intended to stop movements. It's intended to keep you in one place and to keep you in the same place. What's a rudder intended to do? It's intended to steer something that's already moving. You're going somewhere, and the rudder is going to get you there. So what would it mean that our past is an anchor? Well, it could mean that we stay stuck in the sins and the failures of our past, and we never allow ourselves to move forward. Right? We beat ourselves up. We never forgive ourselves. We never allow ourselves to shake off the old identity and embrace the new identity of who we are in Jesus. And so we tell ourselves, I've messed up too many times. I've wasted too many years. I had so many great gifts when I was younger. Now I'm past my prime. 
I'm too far gone. All of these things, we stay stuck in the failures of our past, and we allow those failures to define us and to keep us small. And it becomes an anchor, and we never go anywhere. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3.12. He says, not that I already grasped it or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may also take hold of that for which I was even taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Right? He says, I want to press on. So he says, brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal. Right before this, Paul had talked about his past. And he had talked about his past, about his education, and how he'd been educated in the Old Testament, and, and, and all of that. But he also talked about how he had been a persecutor of the church. He had had people tortured and executed thrown in prison, families torn apart for no other reason than they professed Jesus. That was his past. And he made a decision, I am not going to allow my past to become an anchor that stops me from laying hold of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Come on, let's not let the brokenness of our past be an anchor that stops us from dreaming big about our future. The other way that our past becomes an anchor is we stay stuck in what is comfortable or known. We get used to a certain thing, a certain way of life, the certain way things are. We like routines and we like doing things over and over again. Our brains function better that way. And so we choose to stay in what is comfortable or what is known. And it becomes an anchor when we say things like, this is the way we've always done it. This is what we did before. This is what we've always done. And it becomes an anchor that drags us down. President John F. Kennedy says this, History is a relentless master. It has no present, only the past rushing into the future. To try to hold fast is to be swept aside. Right? To try to hold on to the anchor of what is comfortable, the anchor of what we've always done, and we try to hold on, it's going to be like that anchor trying to hold on in a storm. And all that's going to happen is we're going to be swept aside and irrelevant. Man, this church in the 1970s was birthed out of great faith and great risks. People that didn't know what they were doing and they didn't have anything, but they believed God for big things and they did big things. And they weren't afraid of losing anything because they didn't have anything. The problem now for us today is we're afraid of losing stuff because now we've got millions of dollars in assets. We've got 50 years of history and heritage and legacy, and we can get scared and say, I don't want to be the one responsible for ending this run. I don't want to be the one who took a risk and lost everything. John Maxwell says the greatest enemy of future success is past success. Because we're so afraid of losing what we have, our past becomes an anchor that keeps us stuck. 
Even a couple of weeks ago when I started talking about dreaming big, somebody felt the need to tell me a story about a church that built a new building and then suddenly didn't exist anymore because they dreamed too big. Right? Immediately the fear comes in. Let's not lose what we have. Or we can just be honest with ourselves and say that if we don't do anything different, we're just going to die a slow, irrelevant death as a church, and we're going to lose everything we have anyway. So I'd rather be like John Bon Jovi and go out in a blaze of glory. Come on. No other children of the 80s here? Hallelujah. All right. I'd rather go out trying to do something big than just fade away. Let's not be afraid of losing what we had in the past. Let's have the faith and the courage to lay hold of what God has for us in the future. Our past becomes our anchor. So what does it look like that our past would be our rudder? And that is that we acknowledge that who we are is the sum total of our past. Everything we've experienced, everything that's been built into us by our DNA, everything, every person we've known, every person we've come into contact with, all of it has shaped who we are today. And that's true of us as individuals, but it's also true of us as a church. And so we can acknowledge, and in fact, Uncle Barry shared this last Sunday at our, at our business meeting. We've got 50 years of prophets prophesying over this church, apostles bringing the power of God into this church, great pastors and leaders throughout our history, church planters and people of great faith. We've got 50 years of that. And we can acknowledge that all of that has made us who we are today. But we don't allow that to become an anchor. Instead, a rudder means we don't lose our DNA when we sail into unknown waters. So even as we chart our course into a bigger future and these big dreams that we're going to have about what we can do as a church, we don't lose who we are. We remember who we've always been. We've always been a church with a pioneer spirit. Prayer has always been at the core of who we are. Right? We've always been a charismatic, spirit-led church. We've always believed in the workings of the gifts of the spirit and the power of God working. We've always been that. So even as we sail into our new future, that past, that history, that DNA will always guide us. Amen? So before we can even start dreaming big, we've got to acknowledge our past needs to be our rudder, not our anchor. Amen? Number two, big dreams create movements. Big dreams create movements. We want to move towards a bigger, brighter future. And I'm not talking about bigger, just like we just want to have more people in church because it feeds our ego and makes us feel good about ourselves. No, I'm just talking bigger because Jesus wants to grow his church. You know what a bigger Kauai Bible church means? It means more people in heaven and less people in hell. That's why we want to be bigger. We read in Luke 14 this morning in our Rooted Bible reading that Jesus wants his house to be full. So when we talk about being bigger, it's because we want to reach more people, touch more people, make a greater difference. A bigger, brighter future. But we need movements. What creates movements? Big dreams. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. 
Now Terah took his son Abram and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they departed together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they went as far as Haran, and they settled there. They were on their way to Canaan. We don't know why. Bible doesn't tell us why. But for some reason, Terah had this plan to go to Canaan. But he didn't get there. He settled short of the journey. And the family settled. They developed wealth. They developed, uh, you know, they had servants and they had cattle and they had all the things that defined wealth at this point in history. And then it says the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. He never made it to Canaan. He settled. And what happened is, is he passed that settled spirit on to his son Abram. And Abram settled as well. Until we turn the page and get to chapter 12. And it says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. What did God do? He showed up and gave Abram a big dream. You're going to be the father of nations. Every family on the planet is going to be blessed through you. I'm going to give you a land, and your descendants are going to possess that land. He gave Abram a big dream. And what happens in the very next verse, verse 4? So Abram went away as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And if we skip to verse 5, it says, Abram took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and all their possessions which they had accumulated and all the people which they had acquired, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Something changed in Abram. He went from the settling spirit that his father had passed down to him to suddenly now he was moving. What created movement in a man who had settled was a big dream. So what's going to create movement in Kauai Bible Church? Some big dreams, some big visions that break us out of the status quo and say we got to do something because we got big dreams over the church. Victor Hugo, one of the greatest French writers of all time, he's known for Les Miserables and The Hunchback of Notre Dame and all of these great French books that were written by Victor Hugo. He said this, there is nothing like a dream to create the future. Come on. Nothing like a dream to create the future. Ed Milet, who is a Christian entrepreneur and author, said that dreaming is creating beautiful memories in the future. Come on. The things that we can picture in our mind right now, we're creating memories of things that haven't happened yet because we're willing to dream big for the things that God is capable of doing through Kauai Bible Church. And it will create movements. Henry Ward Beecher, who was a, a, a pastor and an abolitionist in the 1800s, he said this, the soul without imagination is what an observatory would be without a telescope. Well, what's an observatory without a telescope? Empty and useless. And he said the soul without a big dream is empty and useless. 
Settling for the status quo leaves us stagnant and empty. And what breaks us out of that? A big dream. Come on, guys. We want to create movements, so we got to start dreaming big. Number three, the space between our, our, our present and our future is uncomfortable. The space between our present and our future is uncomfortable. To use a baseball term, you can't steal second base if your foot is still on first base. Think about it. If you're playing baseball, you're on first base. You look over at the third base coach. He's laying down the signs, right? And he lays down the sign for steal. And you know that if you try to take off with your foot still on first, you're going to get thrown out every time. The only way to steal second is to take your foot off of first. But the moment you take your foot off of first base, you're now vulnerable. Because the pitcher can try a pickoff move and you could get tagged out. So you got to make your way off of first base and put yourself in a position that's uncomfortable. Right? But... The further away you're willing to get from first, the better chance you have of stealing second. And so you got to put yourself in an uncomfortable position, maybe right on the edge of dangerous, so that you can steal second. And then when you're there and you're existing in your discomforts, now you're watching the pitcher. And when the pitcher starts his move towards home, the time is right, and you got to take off and go. And when you take off and go, you got to put your head down and go. Because if you pause to look to see what's going on around you, you're not going to get there fast enough. Put your head down and go. The same thing is true about following our big dreams. First base is our presence. The only way we're going to get to our big dreams is taking our foot off of first and putting ourselves in a place where we're uncomfortable. God's given us the signs. God is the third base coach here in my metaphor, all right? You guys with me? God's given us the signs. He's telling us what to do. Now we're incredibly uncomfortable, and we're watching the timing of what's happening around us so that we know it's time to go. But when we go, we go. We put our head down, and we go. It's uncomfortable. Genesis 35. Verse 9, then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padam Aram, and he blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called him Israel. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a multitude of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from you. And the land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you. I will give to the land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him at the place where he had spoken with him. So Jacob set up a memorial stone in the place where he had spoken with him. A memorial of stone. I don't know why they felt the need to say that twice, but... And he poured out a drink offering on it. He also poured, poured oil on it. And Jacob named the place where God had spoken with him Bethel. Why is this significant? Because this is the second life-changing encounter that Jacob has had with God at this very spot. The pagan name of this city was Luz, but Jacob renamed it Bethel because Bethel means house of God. 
The first encounter was when Jacob was running for his life because of his deception over his brother. And when he was running for his life, he was sleeping and he had a vision of a ladder to heaven and angels moving up and down the ladder. And then God appears to him and Jacob makes covenant with God and experiences personal relationship with God for the very first time. And he sets up a stone and calls the place Bethel. Now, this is over 20 years later. Jacob is back in Bethel and he has another encounter with God where God speaks big promises over him. It would be very easy for Jacob to say, man, this is where God is. This is where I meet God. This is where I'm comfortable. I've got so many great memories here. This is a significant place. I'm just going to stay here. But what does the very next verse say in verse 16? Then they journeyed on from Bethel. He left what was comfortable. Where did they go? But when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath, you Bible scholars might know where Ephrath is. The rest of you, I'm going to leave you in suspense for about 30 seconds. <laughs> Rachel began to give birth, and she suffered severe difficulties in her labor. And when she was suffering severe difficulties in her labor, the midwife said to her, do not fear, you have another son. And it came about as her soul was departing, for she died, that she named him Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, which is also known as Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. So Jacob was journeying from Bethel to Bethlehem, from the house of God to the house of bread. He was going from what was comfortable to a place of God's supernatural provision. And along the way, something very important in his life had to die. When we move from the comfortable to the supernatural, sometimes God allows things to die. And there are things that need to die within us so that we can move into the fullness of what God has promised us. Jack Hiles, this is my typo. You'll see this on the screen. I accidentally typed Jack Lyles, but his name is actually Jack Hiles. He was a great Baptist pastor, led a church of thousands in Indiana. He said, I'd rather die in the will of God than to live outside of it. So we choose not to dream big because we're comfortable. Our foot's on first base, and we know between first base and second base, between Bethel and Bethlehem, something's going to have to die. And I like everything I have right now, and I don't want to lose it, so I'd rather stay where I'm comfortable. And we can apply this to us as a church. Now, we're comfortable with a church this size. We like it being this size because we know everybody and we know everybody's story. And even when we're up here giving testimonies, we're talking about people on a first-name basis. And we just assume everybody knows who we're talking about because that's what size church we are. And we like the access that we have to the pastor and the elders. And we, and, and, and we like uh, just, you know, having that certain sense of size. And, and so we're comfortable with it and we don't want to lose it. And so because we're comfortable, we don't go anywhere. We just stay put because we're comfortable with Kauai Bible Church. But listen, if that's the case, here's what we should do. We should print a big banner, and we should put it right out on the highway in front of the church. 
And the big banner will say this, Kauai Bible Church, we're comfortable here, so you can just go to hell. Right? That's what we're saying. And so we got to take our foot off of first base. We got to get into the realm of being uncomfortable. And we got to know God might take something from us because he needs to take that from us to shape us into who we need to be to fulfill big dreams. Come on, guys. We got to step out of the comfort. Amen? All right, I'm running out of time here, so I got to go fast. Number four, big dreams give us the strength to persevere. I was going to take some time to talk to you about Joseph, but I don't have time. So you know Joseph had a big dream. He had to suffer for 13 years before that big dream was fulfilled. What kept Joseph going for 13 years? A big dream. Come on, big dreams help us to persevere when life is hard and when we're suffering and we're struggling. And finally, number five, we got to dream some God-sized dreams. In the business world, they call them BHAGs. What's a BHAG? It's a big, hairy, audacious goal. All right? We got, we got to have some big dreams. <laughs> Watch it back there. Someone's getting themselves in trouble. We got to have God-sized dreams. Let's skip a verse here, Antonio. Let's go to Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right? So if that's the case, if God's ways are so much higher than my ways, then I don't want to dream Aaron-sized dreams. I want to dream God-sized dreams. I want my brain to be working the way God's brain works. Come on. Isaiah 40 and 28, do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is unsearchable. Come on, his understanding is so big, we don't even have time to search through it. That's how big our God is. He's created the ends of the earth. In Psalm 147, it says his understanding is infinite. In Psalm 8, it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you think of him and a son of man that you're concerned about him? Right? God has set the heavens in place. You know, scientists today say that the universe is continually expanding. I'm not sure exactly how they know that, but that's what they say. And so I'm not here to vouch whether that's true or not, but I'm just here to say if that is true and the universe is continually expanding, the reason for that is because God is so creative, he can't stop creating. And so every day he's got to create new suns and stars and moons and planets, and he's got to create new things because everything he thinks of is so big. Luke 12, 7 says he's numbered every hair on your head. Think about that. For some of us, that's more hairs than others. But every hair of every head of every person on this planet, God can count them. This is the God we serve. His understanding is unsearchable. His creativity never stops. He set the universe in place. He knows every hair on your head. And this is the God who has invited us to dream. 
So the question today is, is your dream big enough? Is it a God-sized dream? I'm a girl dad, so I love Disney princess movies. Let's be honest, I would love them even if I didn't have girls, but that's just a great excuse. My personal favorite is Tangled, right? And there's a scene in Tangled where Rapunzel is in this pub with all of these ruffians and thugs, and she cries out, hasn't anybody had a dream before? And of course, it breaks into this song, and the song is all about these, you know, they're, they're, they're criminals and barbarians and savages, but they start dreaming about all the, they're singing about all these dreams that they've had, right? I want to be a concert pianist, and I want to have a, a romantic love story, and I want to be a baker, and I want to be a mime, and I want to sew, and all, all, these, all these dreams. And then Flynn Ryder, the main character, they said, what's your dream? And he says, well, mine is much less touchy-feely. I want to be on a warm, sunny island all by myself surrounded by money. And one of the ruffians says to him, your dream stinks. All right? So, come on. It doesn't matter how rough a background we come from. We can have big dreams, and we can have God-sized dreams. And if God says your dream stinks, then dream a bigger one. How do we know if our dream is big enough? Well, listen, if you can accomplish your dream in your own natural abilities, it's too small. Dream bigger. If you can accomplish your dream on your own, it's too small, right? If you don't have to lean into God and trust in the supernatural workings of God in your life, and if you don't have to lean into community and, and, and have the church come around you, your dream is too small, if your dream does not leave a lasting legacy for the next generation, it's too small. God is the God of generations. You've got a dream beyond the now. If your dream can be contained on Kauai, it's too small. Your dream's got to be so big that Kauai can't contain it. It's going to spill over to other islands. It's going to spill over to other places. And that doesn't mean that you don't do your dream here. It just means that your dream is so big that what God does here becomes a model for what God is going to do other places. If your dream does not include the nations, it's too small. Because God is always thinking about the nations. But here's maybe my favorite one. If your dream doesn't scare you to death, it's too small, right? If your dream doesn't wake you up at night in the sweats, because you're like, what have I gotten myself into? How could I possibly do this? I'm going to crash and burn and fail. If your dream doesn't scare you to death, it's too small. Dream bigger. George Bernard Shaw, the Nobel-winning playwright, said this, you see things and say why, but I dream things that never were. And I say, why not? I say, why not? Kauai Bible Church is destined for great things. And I believe that today, our next 50 years begins with us dreaming big. And those big dreams are going to create movements, break us out of our stagnancy, move us into the uncomfortable. Some things are going to die, but our DNA is going to guide us into a future that Kauai cannot contain. Man, we have had prophets speak over this church. I just want to share some of them with you today just so you get a sense of what we are called to. Kauai Bible Church is not supposed to be a church on Kauai. She is supposed to be the church on Kauai. 
Pastor Mel Mullen declared that over us. What does that mean? That means that we're supposed to be a leader. We're supposed to be an influencer. We're supposed to be recognized on the island of Kauai. We are destined for great things. Pastor Anthony Rozier said Kauai Bible Church would be known on Kauai as the answer house. We would have the answers to the deep cries of the heart of the people of Kauai. Come on, Pastor Matt Molt said Kauai Bible Church was never meant to be a single tree. It was started to be an orchard. We were never supposed to just be one church. We were supposed to be a part of a movement of churches. Pastor Jonathan Owens said Kauai Bible Church is going to have an army of dual threat ministers. Just like a quarterback is a dual threat, if he can throw and run... We're going to be dual threats because we have both our professional career and our ministry calling for the kingdom. And that Kauai Bible Church is going to be running over with new people because we are being dual threats in the community. Pastor Bethany Sumida declared that our past is a beautiful tapestry that is being rolled out like a red carpet to usher in the glory of God to Kauai. Come on. Bob McGregor declared that God is going to open a door for Kauai Bible Church to the Philippines in a huge way. He says that we're going to send teams there. We're going to have conferences. We're going to strengthen pastors. We're going to see signs and wonders and miracles in the Philippines that we are going to answer the Macedonian cry of the Filipino people. Come on, God has destined us for great things. I will tell you this. When I was praying about moving here six years ago, I went to one of my apostles, and he said, Aaron, is your calling apostolic? And I said, yes, it is. He said, then don't go to Kauai. He said, it's too small, and you'll be too separated to be an apostle. Then I talked to one of my father figures, Mark Runyon, and I shared the same thing with him. I said, man, it's just a little rock in the middle of the ocean. It's too small. And he answered me in a very rebuking way because that's what makes him a very good father figure. He said, no, Aaron, it sounds like your God is too small. He says, because apparently you don't think that God is big enough that he can fulfill every promise over your life from anywhere you are on the planet. And when he said that, that sealed in my heart that this was the place we were supposed to be. And that just because I'm on a small island doesn't mean I have to dream small. I'm going to dream big, and I'm going to believe for great things for Kauai Bible Church. And we're going to go after those things, and the island of Kauai won't be able to contain us as we touch the world from this amazing little spot right here. Amen? Amen. Here's what I want to do. I know we've gone a little long, but stick with me. We're still, we're still going to do something together here. I want to play one last prophetic word just to stir you up. And then we're going to sing a song to build our faith. And then we're going to do something to dream together, okay? So stick with me. Here we go. Listen to this. Pastor Eric Butler, about a year and a half ago, prophesied this over our church. I send a strong wind to this house, says the Spirit of God. And in these days, you're going to see a fresh awakening to my voice, a fresh awakening to my spirit. You're going to see a fresh awakening even into my power. For miracles will take place. Have faith in your God, says the Lord. Have faith. Do not look at the signs that are around you in the natural, but have faith in your God. And you'll begin to see transformational things take place in your lives. And there'll be a greater joy and a greater hope and a greater expectation, says the Spirit 
of God, even amongst your families. And you'll start to see even family members get saved by, by droves, says the Lord, because you're starting to believe in a new level. For I call this house to be a great house on this island and even known in this region, says the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm building a great house. I'm not building a, just a mom and pop store. I'm building a great house. And the expectation of God is greater than what you may see, says the Lord. And so I would say to you, open your eyes this day. Open your hearts this day and say, God, we can become all that you've called us to be. And I will begin to pour out my spirit upon all that are thirsty. For there will be moves of my spirit even in this place and even amongst your people, even in your home groups, even in your life groups, says the Lord, where I will begin to pour out my spirit. And there will not be room enough even to fit the people in the home, says the spirit of God. And yeah, you will go and see around this community, says the Lord, that the name of this house will be known and men and women will stop time even to make it to these to this facility says the Lord from calling this place to be a drawing place and a powerful epicenter of my power in the days to come for I sent a man and a woman here even with power and faith and an evangelistic anointing to stir up the island says the Spirit of God and I come to stir you up this day to stir up your faith says the Spirit of the Lord and I will say rise O church of mine rise to the heights on which I called you to function says the Lord and begin to rejoice because the greater days are ahead says the Spirit of God and greater things are ahead for you and miraculous things are ahead for you so therefore rejoice, rejoice says the Spirit of the living God come on let's give God a shout here today Woo. come on that's our calling, that's our destiny, that's our promise so what do we do we settle in our hearts and our spirits today that Jesus wants to do big things through Kauai Bible Church. He wants to grow his church. He wants us to touch the nations. He wants people to notice something supernatural happening in the most unlikely place. And if we can settle that in our spirits, then we can give ourselves permission to dream big for our future and to begin to move toward that future. Amen? So will you stand together with me? We're going to sing a song to build up our faith. And then we're going to do something special to dream together. Big for Kauai Bible Church. Lord, thank you for this word. I pray that this word would seal itself in the hearts of all who heard it, Lord. For those of us here together today, for those on the live stream, for those who are listening to this podcast, Lord, let this word stir up great faith. God, I pray for the rebirth of dreams. I pray for the rekindling of dreams. I pray for the resurrection of dreams. God, I pray for new dreams. Lord, new visions. God, I pray that you would expand our vision, Lord. Expand our tent stakes, God. Uh, Lord, that we can see bigger and think bigger and visualize bigger, Lord. God, expand our hearts that we can love more and give more and pour out more passion, God. Do a great thing in us, Lord, that you would establish the next generation and the future of this church until the day that you choose to come back, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, stir up our faith today, we ask in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's worship together.